0: This is enter vr and i'm chris miranda your host uh, this is the podcast about all things virtual reality and thank you for joining me today is going to be an awesome show because i get to speak to dora chen he she is the co-founder of euphores vr and all around vr uh, uh enthusiast a scholar and lady of virtual reality uh, hey dora how are you thanks for coming on the show
1: i'm great thank you very much chris
0: dude so how you been how's everything um Last time I saw you was at Oculus Connect.
1: That's right.
0: Um, How was it for you?
1: Excellent. Um, I think Oculus Connect, um, I mean, it's great to be in the same room and see uh, Mr. John Carmack and uh, Palmer and and everybody walking around. But I think, to me personally, the best thing about Oculus Connect and all of these VR conferences like uh, the amazing SVVR, is just to see um, other VR enthusiasts, other members of the community, and such as yourself, Chris. Um, we have had some really good conversations about VR and about our journey so far. And and I've had um, a few conversations like those with various members of the community. And it's just been amazing to see how far everyone has come and how optimistic everyone is, not just for the announcements, but also at the outside world, if you will, Um, the outside world's reaction to VR um, in the past year. And it's just, it's just been amazing. So it's a great experience um, overall. And I came away from it very optimistic about the future of VR, but also very, what's the word? Very realistic, very realistic about the challenges that are ahead.
0: Tell me more. And by the way, I, I can I can hear a uh, someone's playing table tennis in the background. Uh, yes. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, it's a little distracting for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> um. But but don't worry about it. Um. You know, I, it's okay. You, you're sounding you're going you're sounding amazing, and it's going to go uh perfect. So, do, here's a question for you though. Um, yeah. How does it compare? How does because I remember seeing you at last year's Connect. How did this year's Connect Conference uh, compare or how do they contrast to each other?
1: Um, that's a great question. Last year, it was a much smaller group, um, as you no doubt recall. Last year, it was very much about, at least for me, um, I don't know about the rest of the community, but for me, it was a lot of Feeling out each other, if you will. I don't know, maybe that didn't come out right. But, um, feel, feel, kind of understanding who's who and what's what in VR because. For I think I think my first um, large scale VR conference was in SVVR May of 2015, and it was a very small event, 400 people I think, um, very intimate, and um, so I got to know a lot of people in the community at that time. But AUKUS Connect was a little bigger, so I got to get a more holistic view of who's doing what in VR, where. So it, it was a lot of networking, a lot of um, relationship building, if you will. Um, and, you know, the, of course, it was Crescent Bay. You know, Crescent Bay was mind-blowing. So those were the highlights for me. But I think this year was more – it was a lot more um, business networking, if you will. Because um, I actually uh, created some uh, potential business relationships from, from this year's Connect. And um, and the sessions were also a lot more. There are lots um, more more variety, if you will. And there were some postmortems, and there were some design tips, and um, and of course there's the live coding session with uh, with Mr Carmack. So there was a variety of of um, themes being covered this year. So I think last year was almost like a, a, a huge meetup. Whereas this year, was feels more like a conference, you know, where people would go there and they would make deals and they would make relationships and they would learn from each other. Whereas last year, it's more like, hey, what's up? Um, What do you do? Hey, this is what I do. Yay, that sounds great. You know, very much, um, much more intimate, if you will. So um, the fact that it's getting bigger and getting more... Official as a conference um, is a great sign um, for VR as far as I'm concerned
0: yeah for sure okay so let's talk about you let's talk about what you're <laughs> up to um, sure. what is what is you for as VR what are you, what are you guys up to
1: uh, so um, we actually just finished a contract um, with a customer who is in student housing and we went out uh, and we, we left our own equipment around and we actually shot uh, 1400 panoramas. Um, as in 360-degree uh, panoramic photos of um, the units that are in our client's portfolio. So there's student housing, right? So they have a bunch of buildings and units that are available for students to rent. So we went out and we took um, these 1,400 panoramas of these units, uh, strung them together as a virtual tour, for each unit, and then put them all together into an app. And we actually just did a public beta with uh, with our client. They brought the Gear VR, so this, all of this is on the Gear VR. So they brought our app and the Gear VRs to um, universities, and and uh, they set it up at a booth. The students were coming by; they would they would try out the Gear VR and try our app, give us some feedback, and the po- the reaction has been very very positive. Um, we got some great feedback from people um on the ergonomics of, of the gear vr and the usability of our app so that's awesome um despite the little things uh like for example um sometimes people would people have trouble finding the touchpad on their on the right of the gear vr or um they're this is brand new to them they're not exactly sure how to turn their head it's it's actually not very not very intuitive. Uh, they are frequently surprised when we tell them, "You just turn your head, hmm. you know, to to look to your right." Um, you know, so it's 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 a great great learning experience. But everybody was blown away. So very very good um, experience overall. And um, we're aiming by the end of the month we'll, we'll roll it out to their office.
0: That sounds cool because you're letting so you're letting students take virtual tours of their future housing, their future university housing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, they would come by to our, uh, to our client's office, and um, right now what happens is they would come by and uh, explain to our client's agents what they're looking for, and then the agents would match them with a potential unit. But then the students want to see it for themselves, right? So they would physically go to the, to the apartment and walk them through it, and then and they eventually decide on the exact unit that they want to rent. So what VR does is it helps, them, it helps give the students a better sense of what these layouts look like. So they could potentially rule out some of the layouts that they will never consider anyway um, so that they don't have to physically travel there to make the same decision. It really cuts down on time for both sides. And, uh, and of course, you know, it's, uh, it, VR is something, is something brand new and the students are extremely excited about that as well. And so it's just, it's just something that's really cool um, but serves a really good uh, purpose at the same time. So it's, we've really enjoyed this project, actually. I mean, we learned a lot just about VR just by working on this project ourselves and um, accumulated a lot of experience,
0: basically. That's awesome. What did you so? What did you do? What equipment did you log around, and what sorts of um, and what was your methodology in terms of you know uh, creating the content for the for the students?
1: Uh, so um, it's so my little company Euphoris. We there's only the three of us right now. Mm-hmm. So um, there's myself and my chief engineer, and we also have a partner in Ontario. He's mostly focused in sales and this dev at the moment. And um, so my partner in Ontario and I, we got the equipment, uh, which is a Gigapen and a just a regular old DSLR camera. And we just locked the setup around to all these different units and we planted right in the say the middle of the room, let the Gigapen do its thing and, um, and just do it day in and day out. Um, I think we shot about, like I said, we shot about 1400 panoramas. And that was over the course of thirty days. So we average about four to five layouts a day, and each panorama takes us about three minutes to take. Um, on a on the best case, in the best case scenario, um, say the unit is empty, so everyone is is not home, and it's um, it is you know perfectly it is it is perfectly arranged. You know everything is is clean and spotless, and everything. Um, and then it's in a five bedroom, five bathroom, um, layout. It probably takes us about 40 to 45 minutes to do. So it's not, um, it's actually pretty quick, but of course that doesn't include any post processing that we got to do after. So we've got to take the pictures and stitch them and do any kind of post processing. And, uh, after all of that is done, put them, in, put them into a tour, um, that you can navigate and then run it through the pipeline to compress the photos um, and and get it ready for our, for our little engine, and then it just shows up in the in the app that we created. Um, I should mention actually that I say our little engine because we actually decided to create our own. Um, we actually decided to create our own engine. So about a year and a half ago, we decided, hey, you know, um, VR is amazing. What do we want to do? So we, so we created a game engine, and then we put a web scraper on top of it, basically. So we've actually created a, um, a browser. So a browser that you can see different kinds of content in. So it plays photos, it plays 360-degree videos, you can have 3D environments, and so on and so forth. And, um, and you actually, we also created our own JavaScript API so people can actually use JavaScript, to create things using our own little engine, but then we were like, "Well, um, that's awesome." So, what are we going to use it for? So, we went out and we started looking for problems to solve, and um, and uh, student housing was one of the problems that we came across. And it was a it was a really, like I said, it was a really great problem for us to for us to tackle. So, um, right now we're looking at different um, different clients and different. Different uh, needs, different problems at the moment. So we're applying our little toolset um, everywhere.
0: Awesome! That's that's awesome. I mean, wh- how, why? Um, how how did you come to the realization that you um, that you guys had to start looking for clients? Because it seems like what you created um, with your own custom engine sounds really awesome. Um, yeah. What, so, yeah, we
1: were proud of it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but why? But why did you stop, and why? Uh, it, or did you stop, and, and what's the what's the status on that? And um, you know, why did you go through the client route?
1: Oh, um, well, we definitely didn't stop on the engine for cool. sure. Um, in fact, uh, every time we work on, um, we look at a, we look at a client's uh, needs and and uh, challenges. We're saying how can we how can we service them. And so, let's take our current client for example, right? Um, we are we because we have to service their needs. We are we are adding um, more capabilities to our engine. So it's a so it's, it feeds upon itself. So we're working with the clients and because their and their needs feeds our um, our need to create more capabilities in the engine and make it more mature and make it more. Um, Make it more robust, basically, and so uh, in fact, that is actually the reason why we decided to go down the high route, because we have we created this little engine, this little tool set. and what our toolset is used for, well, to to create things, to solve problems. So, what is the best way to prove to prove it out? Well, it's to find actual problems. To solve. So, um, so that's why we went down that road. Is um, let's let's go and find some find a real problem so that we have goalposts and we're not just developing for developments sake and and we put our engine through the ringer so that it's more so that it's more mature and uh, more usable you know not just not just for our chief engineer um, but eventually to other developers as well um, we have a contractor a part-time contractor working with us right now and um, he's giving us some great feedback on the new engine and I don't think that it will ever be ready even for him if we didn't go through the maturing process uh with our uh with our with our first clients with our first client's needs so it's it's worked it's worked out great and uh with more of these projects under our belt i'm sure that the engine will be more and more capable and be more and more mature and and uh one day it will it will be ready for um for wider use as well by
0: other developers. That sounds awesome. What's uh what's the longer term vision for your company that you um you know what do you what do you envision in the long term?
1: What we want to do is because we have the because we're really proud of what of what we've made um it's uh it's not because it because it's based on javascript uh even so because it's based on web technology, JavaScript, and it's uh, everything is streamed and so on and so forth. But it has to, but it is created. It is on top of this game engine that's very that's very performant. Um, what we want to do is we want to, at some point, be able to spread these tool sets to other developers. To use, um, so that they have other alternatives um, to create VR content. There's a lot of people who are um, who are looking at, at a similar path as we are, and um, and we this is our own little take on it. And eventually, we want to we want to get to a point where um, developers will look at our 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 tool set and go, that is, that is what I want to use it for, um, especially if they're not looking at games. So we actually um, wanted to be more about uh, productivity or other kinds of applications because and the reason is twofold. Number one, we came from actually a video game background. I was in video games for a long time. And I actually wanted to do, or I wanted to try something different and the other reason actually is I'm also a VR enthusiast, and so are my partners. And we really, really, really want to spread VR. And the best way to spread VR is to make it easy for people to create things on it and to consume things on it. And we want to play a part in that. We want to we want to be the place that people can go to if they're looking at a simple solution to View things and to create things for VR, and um, and we think that there is a huge, huge, whole new future for this, because VR, we, <laughs> we firmly believe, it's going to explode, and <laughs> and it's going to, and people will look at it and go, "What? I, I I have this idea that will be perfect for VR. Now, what do I have at my disposal? Um, that uh, I, may, I may not all need all the bells and whistles of of traditional 3D game engines." Um, but I need a little bit more than uh, regular say um say a drag and drop or or native code is way too much work for me for me to look at so i'm we're trying to provide an alternative to to all of that,
0: yeah, and i mean there's that's um that's extremely valuable, but like you mentioned earlier, there is gonna be more players. Um, who will also be competing for the same sort of audience that you're going after? Yeah, and I wonder what is what is your competitive advantage? What do you think is going to set you apart from the pack?
1: So we are actually uh, we're actually focused on the mobile at the moment. So we want to make sure that our our engine is very very um, performance on the mobile. So by mobile, I mean the Gear VRM. And Cardboard and eventually iOS as well. So that is actually our main thing. So we want to be, so we want to be at the best in that particular category. That's one thing. Um, And, and secondly, excuse me. Um, And secondly, um, we are focused on, what was the word? Uh, We're focused on actually eating our own dog food. So (laughs) (laughs) we are, I mean, we, we have our engine and we're saying, look, you know, um, we've actually shipped things on it. We have used our tool set to ship all these different variety of apps. You know, say um, we've created, well, we've created a real estate app, but we've also created, say, a museum app, a travel app, um, an education app, a uh, maybe a little game, you know, so all of these things. So it is it is something that has been proven, if you will. So it's something that has been proven. And And, uh, we're not just creating the engine because, hey, we can. You know, we are, we've created an engine, we've applied it, we've we've eaten our own dog food, um, in terms of using the engine. And whatever we, because we use it, uh, that means whatever we create, um, is, has a real need in the real world. It may not be, maybe one for the museums is not the same as, as, um real estate exactly but it has a it has relevancy in the real world and therefore it is a tool set that um, would be relevant to a to a problem that you're that you are trying to solve in the real world so um those are the, so that's the biggest thing that we want to get to and that is again goes back to why we want to we wanted to go the client route and not just development route mm-hmm.
0: yeah I mean what um and, and so Here's a question, you know, what, um, where does your, and this is sort of just to switch tracks a little bit, you know, where yeah. do you, where do you think your enthusiasm for, for VR comes from? Um If you dig deep, if you dig yeah. deep, deep in there, like, where does that come from?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you know how, you know how um we call it the VR giggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I ever did that. Um, to be honest, I think it was, so when I first tried it, it was DK1, um, and I think I tried Tuscany on the DK1, and I have to admit, I was uh, I was nauseous within the first two minutes, maybe, yeah. maybe five, so there was really no reason why, um, like, there was really no rhyme or reason, you know, why I would be so enthusiast, but, enthusiastic about it, but it's so, it's hard to articulate, it's just I tried it on the one. I feel nauseous. I took it off, and then immediately I went. This is the future, right? <laughs> this is this is the way that things, you know, that things should be.
0: But right? hold on, and hold on, hold on! Just stop for a second. One yeah. second. I keep keep hold on what you need to say. But that was kind of funny. Like this is making me sick. This is this is this this feels this doesn't feel right. My body feels nauseous, and yet you're able to draw the conclusion that it's the future. Yeah, I just, yeah. Wanna, <laughs> I just yeah. won't hold on to, to, to that thought because because it's because <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. Like I'm getting nauseous, and yet something about this is bigger than this 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 little moment in here. But sorry, Nora, please continue. Please
1: continue. no, 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 not at all. And I think this is why um, with VR, and I've seen a lot of people say the same thing in the community um, with VR. It's impossible to explain. You have to. You have to. Give the person a demo. You have to give the person a taste of what VR is, and then you can sit together, and then you can talk about um, what you want to do in VR or what your dreams and aspirations are for VR, and what you think of VR. Because it's just it's impossible to describe. It's it, that is the power of VR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, um, it's it's also informed. I, I think I think the leap is, maybe isn't quite as. Large because um, my enthusiasm is par- at least partially informed by my love for Snow Crash, um, and I say that with unreserved enthusiasm. I, it's uh, Snow Crash is definitely one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, books ever, and and it's because of the Metaverse. And I think when I, when I first read Snow Crash and when I first encountered Metaverse. I'm like why don't I have this right now? <laughs> and and uh, it's just it just really it's just really as cliché as it sounds sparked my imagination on what computers can do. You know, on because and the reason why I say that is because um, it's it's when you read the, when you read the metaverse and how it was described on the page and you, you turn around and you really look at what you're playing on your computer, this 3D video games on your computer. Mm-hmm. It's not that far away. Um, it's only instead of looking at a monitor, you're seeing it wrapped around yourself. So when I first, when I first encountered it, and when I first encountered the metaverse, um, I turned around and saw the video games that I was playing. And I thought the metaverse isn't as far as, isn't as far as the um, people may think it is. You know, it's actually, actually pretty close. Cool, so all we have to do is, <laughs> you know, all we have to do, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. is wrap this video game world around us. So for me, it's like, oh, it's not that far fetched. And of course, it wasn't possible when I read it. And when I finally saw um, the DK1 in Tuscany, I'm like, and I, I remember it. Um, after I took off the headset, I remember it. And I, and, and I know that that day is coming, that that day will come um who knows how long i mean that's maybe that's another conversation that we should have is is the future of vr but um if we don't know how long but dk1 showed me the promise that it is coming and it is most definitely within my lifetime maybe not the way that it was written on the page the metaverse but um something similar to that um is definitely within my lifetime and and that just and that just cemented the whole thing for me. And I, and then I went to VR, I met yourself, and I met um, a bunch of members in the community. And it's just, I couldn't think of doing anything else. Um, it's just, this is just what I want to do.
0: Yeah, you're at home. So yes. let me ask you how long yeah. before the metaverse that you envision um, will come to fruition, and what do you think it's going to take for that for that metaverse to happen?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I since the time of the DK one, I've been reading a lot about um very smart people, people way smarter than me, their take on metaverse and what they think of it with respect to VR and outside of VR and, and you know, the takedowns of metaverses and the you know the the the, the fan um the fanboyism of 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 the metaverse and Just also the perspective, and and I am right now at at this very moment a little bit a little bit less convinced that it's going to be the metaverse that we read on the page. I don't think it's going to be the same Um, because because in that metaverse um, or in uh, Ready Player One uh, those or or in the Matrix. Those virtual worlds are almost predicated on the fact that it's a dystopian world in in real life, mm-hmm. and that people go into metaverse and they go in and and they seek uh they seek they seek peace they they want to have they want to have a life that they cannot have in in real life, and uh, we're very fortunate that um, the world isn't isn't there yet, and we hope that it will never get. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the real world is fine, you know, the real world is fine right now. So then why would, what would make us want to spend our time in the metaverse the way that it was written? Well, um, to experience different things, right. To experience an alien world or to traverse and, um, to, to traverse maybe ancient Rome, you know, to go into medieval castles and, and so on and so forth. Right. So that's probably what will happen. Um, but you know, the way that it was written on the page where we would, you know, hang out there in the nightclub, well, I mean, we already do that, but we, I don't think that we will live our lives in the metaverse the way that it was written on the page. I think, I think we'll go there for very specific purposes. So we'll go there for events. We'll go there for conferences. We'll go there to have a meeting. We'll go there to do a podcast. We will, we will go there to watch a movie maybe, but, but the way that it was written on the page is probably not going to play out the exact same way. Um, Now, this world, whatever form it may take, when is it going to arrive? Paul has a million dollar question, right? Um, How long, you know, how long before um, everyone will, um, I think for that, I think for that particular uh, world to arrive, it has to be, it has to be ubiquitous which means that um, VR as it is right now needs to be a lot more portable, a lot more ergonomic, a lot more integrated into our lives. And that means you're no longer strapping a big chunk of plastic over your head. You know, as as much as I love VR, it is, you know, not the most, um, it is not the most accessible in terms of, right, in terms of an accessory. Um, I've definitely seen people who, um, would probably take it off sooner than, than even they would like to, because they feel kind of weird, you know, with other people staring at you, you know, or they feel kind of weird that they can't see around them. So I think that there are many, many challenges that needs to be overcome, you know, um, much better. Maybe there's the much better graphics and all that stuff, but there's also the, the form factor of it that needs to be overcome. Um, I'm optimistic though, that, um, maybe even if it may not be as quick as the smartphone revolution, um, because when the iPhone arrived, it basically took over. I mean, as, I mean, I mean, as far as five years ago, we didn't, you know, I, I don't think I was, I was carrying around an iPhone even as, as as recently as five years ago. I don't know what I was carrying this time, but, um, you know, it's, I don't think that maybe it won't be as quick as that, but, um, but maybe it will be a little bit faster than computers, perhaps. Because computers probably took about thirty years before it becomes um, so integrated into our lives. Right now, uh, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be shorter than that. Um, may, and uh, I'm th- I'm thinking definitely longer than how longer than the iPhone, longer than the smartphones um, before it even became. Uh, before it, before it becomes something that everybody uses, are they probably on a minute by minute basis? Um, and then, and of course, there's a question of do we need an AR component into VR first before that will, that they will even come? Well, if that's the case, if that's what we need, then well, we're probably even further out because AR is probably is a harder problem to solve, and so it's probably even even further. Yeah. Um, so, but, but you know what, um, we're, the way that I see it is VR is here and it's here to stay because there are, there are uses for it, you know, there, there are actually uses for it and not just for video games. And, and that's the way that computers evolved too, you know, um, they're here and there were problems for them to solve. And when the technology, um, when the technology was, was ready, um, smart people saw it and said, well, we can use it for for our everyday, everyday users now. Yeah,
0: and exactly.
1: uh, and then we're here. So I think it's probably going to be similar. Um, it will probably take less time than three decades, but hey, you know, still pretty far.
0: Definitely. No, I think we're passing the point um, from which we'll, we're, be, we're asking the questions if, The metaverse will occur and I think we're, we're passing that point and we're walking into the when and how the metaverse will occur. So, I mean, this is, this leads me to something you said a little bit ago that kind of stuck in my head and you're like, dystopian futures, um, you know, it seems like, you know the matrix and it seems like snow crash and it seems like ready player one like it feels like um dystopian futures of humanity and the metaverse and virtual reality go hand in hand somehow yeah (laughs) if you notice like like what version of a utopia do you see virtual reality embedded in it like like there's always no no matter what you see no matter what movie like you know if if they include vr you know it's not it's, I think it's probably because VR is in there to fill in a void that mm-hmm. that future humanity couldn't fill in. For example, in the Matrix, you know they fucked up the Earth, so yes. so so yeah. VR is coming in to replace reality. Um, yeah. In Ready Player One, I think they couldn't go outside, so because of sun or something, yeah. some sort of radiation. I, I can't yeah. recall. Um, yeah. But it was. But VR came in as a solution to sort of uh, fill in the void for the problems that humanity couldn't solve. Dude, that's right. are we like are we doomed here is like is <laughs> VR <laughs> it's, it's like I certainly don't know. <laughs> it's for sure like what, what what why is that that like it feels like um utopia you know, dystopian futures and VR going hand in hand
1: um you know that's a, that, you know, I'll be honest with you I never actually follow it that way um it's it's almost like we want to I mean it's they're there as you said they're there to they're there to fill a void um, of what we would otherwise get from from the real world. But I wonder, I wonder if it's um, if you don't actually need um, a dystopia to um, to have VR. I mean, obviously, because we have VR right now, it's not exactly a dystopia, but but, but it's I mean, not
0: exactly utopia either. So it's we're...
1: not exactly utopia, but maybe you know what? Maybe that's why it's like because we're human. And um, we're flawed. And so the world that we create are flaw is flawed, right? or as, or as in the, the world that we create around nature, the laws that we create, the, the things that we build, the, the art that we create, the, the products that we create, um, relationships that we, that we forge. Um, they all of them are flawed to some extent because we are flawed. So um, as long as that exists, um, we probably don't, we will probably always want something better, and whether that whether that takes the form of um, of, the, of a metaverse, a matrix, or you know an oasis or whatever, um, we will always want something better, and we'll always want to be someplace better. And um, and before the days of VR, the way that we we go to someplace better would be. Um, As simple as, hey, let's go and take a walk in the park. And I want to sit, you know, amongst nature um, because it gives me peace. Or um, I want to, for me personally, I I love books. I'm a reader. And um, I go to libraries because that actually, I I get energized. (laughs) I I get energized by going to libraries. I get motivated when I go to libraries. So um, I think as long as we're human, we probably have that drive. And therefore, we want to be someplace better. And then if we can actually create something better, then we will, we will drive towards that. And, I mean, you could argue that um, all, these, all these human constructs that we've created, you know, beautiful buildings, beautiful parks, all of these things we've created because we wanted to make it better. And now VR or modern technology has given us a way to create something better digitally. And now the world there something better is digital. It's just one of the zeros as opposed to an actual park. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's, so you probably, you know, you definitely don't need, when you think of it that way, you definitely don't need a dystopia for a metaverse to exist. I think the metaverse will always exist. Um, if, it, as long as human beings are flawed and human beings are flawed, probably for the, for the many, many foreseeable future. So in that sense, um, the metaverse is probably just another reincarnation and just another tool for us to build something better that we could go
0: to. Definitely. But the, the, so the thing that I'm sort of, this is what I'm uh, alluring to. Um, Do you think that VR, um, because I think, the thing is, I think I'm fucking crazy. I don't know about you, but I think it's going to be, big. I think it's going to be pretty big. I think it's (laughs) going to, I think it's going to be so big that I wonder that it might be like its own sort of, force in the way it changes and uh, alternates and affects e- e- economies themselves. And so mm-hmm. my question, like, my next question is, like, do you think that <laughs> VR will play a role in creating dystopians or utopian societies? Like, will the fa- will the content that VR has, that the metaverse puts out, will mm-hmm. that sort of content drive or channel a society in the direction of a utopia or a dystopia. So for for example, like if I, um, if, if content for VR, for the metaverse is driven by human necessity for love, for, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for connection, then I think we might create a metaverse that fosters some form of utopia. But if we're, but if we're driven by human wants and greed and other things like that then then we can we can, we can easily create a metaverse that could drive humanity into a dystopia. Um and the thing is we might we're probably going to get both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what what yeah. do you think? Like what do you think it's going to look like and where what role do do we have or what is this conversation even useful to have right now? What do you think? I
1: think you know what I think it's a great conversations you have at every stage um of VR's growth because because at every stage of its growth I think it tells us something about ourselves like uh, I mean it's it's kind of essential but uh, the reason why I say that is um uh as of itself metaverse the metaverse or the VR is not good or evil it just is right it's just something that we created it's there and at the end of the day it is how we use it and how people interpret your usage of it that's that matters to to humanity so um as an example um social media right Mm -hmm. uh twitter uh facebook um instagram all of these things they definitely did not exist um, when and when I was when I was just starting out in the internet. I am old enough to remember um, the days before the internet and um, and the. And the sound it makes when our dial-up modem connects
0: to the internet. I remember those days too. <laughs>
1: exactly, right? So so at the time, you could argue, so you remember, you remember Netscape, you remember, yep. um, you know, uh, what was it called? Alta Vista, and Webcrawler, yep. all those things, right? And um, and uh, for uh, for your younger listeners, uh, there, there's something called the Geocities, uh, Chris, you probably remember. Um, and GeoCities is basically where you go and you create your own website. So and they and then they assign you, I think, to a uh, particular um, neighborhood um, for depending on the theme of your website. If I remember correctly, um, I, it's been a long time, so I don't even remember the details. But um, but GeoCities is probably one of the first uh, examples of kind of a social network where um, you can put out your thoughts and then people can find you and then they follow you, um, quote-unquote, they follow your, your, your uh, progress and so on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got MySpace and then Facebook and Twitter and all those things. And I think at every stage you have people um, looking at it and going, what does this mean, right? The big question, what does this mean for us? What does it mean for us? And I think that um, it depends on how you look at it. Um, Twitter, for example, um, there's uh, there are many uh, there's or even just social media in general, not just Twitter. There's online bullying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, bullying has existed for as long as humanity has existed. And it's not like Twitter or Facebook has caused them, not at all. It's just that it's just another way for bullying to manifest itself. So... Um, can you argue that it has made it worse? Well, perhaps, but, but then you can probably find an equal number of arguments that says it's always been like this. It's just a different form now, right? Hmm. So I think that um, Twitter or Facebook or all of these social media by itself is not good or bad. It's just that whatever, whatever we're doing as humans are using these tools, the Twitter and the, and the Facebooks, to do what we've always done. Um, and sometimes it's bullying unfortunately and it's just another outlet for us and I think the metaverse is the same um, or VR is the same whenever it comes it's going to it's going to uh, people are going to use it and in novel ways that we we do not know of right now and but whatever they use it for is probably going to be behaviors that we've always used so that we've always had since since the beginning of time so I think in that case they're not harbingers of good or evil, they're just there, and I think that honestly, I truly think that maybe in about ten years' time, fifteen years' time, when VR is a bit more um, ubiquitous, but maybe not as much as smartphones, perhaps, but mm-hmm. it's there and people are familiar with it, we'll get articles in the Economist, in the Atlantic, and examining, you know, what it you know, what's happening in in VR and what is happening in the metaverse. And, and so on and so forth. And when that happens, then you know that we've made it in the sense that we have now, we're now in the public conscious enough for people to ask, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me as a human being what does it mean for me on a day-to-day basis? And, and I think that is, pro- that, is probably, um, that is probably what will happen in 10, 15 years. And I think that is where we should be in 10, 15 years if we truly want VR to, to, to matter in people's lives.
0: I want I want to touch a little bit more on the point you brought up about m- bullying in the metaverse, and you know, yeah. I want to know what them. What do you think that might look like? And I had I remember having this conversation with Gunter. um oh, okay. Um, like at five in the morning at the beach house, <laughs> and he's like, and he was on point. Like considering how late in the fucking night it was, he was really yeah. on point because he was just like, um, like uh, he's just like, yeah, I know. You know, developers and you know, business have to develop um Tools so that yes. people can arm themselves against trolls and against bullying bullies. Yes, because here's because it is a complex issue. And it, and the thing is, I would argue that social media and the metaverse will magnify will be a magnifier of bullying in some instances, and it can make things mm-hmm. worse for some some people. So I think. So the question is, you know, and you brought up an interesting point that I didn't even think about. Like bullying has been around since humans have been around. Yes, and. Are we moving in a direction wherein, because these things aren't acceptable, no one likes to be bullied?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because these behaviors are not acceptable and behaviors like it, are we going to start moving in a direction wherein we'll live in the metaverse and we'll figure out ways to change those behaviors and thereby create mass human behavioral changes? You know, like, like, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word like, you know, mass brainwashing on, on large scales. But like mm-hmm. it kind of it might end up going that direction 20, 30 years from now when we're mm-hmm. like, you know, when we're all more sensitive to each other because of VR and having empathy. Um, we'll see these these things that obviously are ingrained in our humanity. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. figure out. I mean, I don't know. Is my, ultimately, my question is to you, is like, if, if we stomp out bullying, and I don't know if we mm-hmm. could ever, um, mm-hmm. do we lose some aspect of our humanity that somehow became necessary in our evolution? Are we? What do you think? Is- that's a
1: good question, right? Um, that's a good question. But I think if we were to stamp out bullying, it may actually just manifest itself in a different way. So say, say bullying, right? So bullying at the, at the end of the day is about, it's about power. Um, it's, it's about, it's about otherness, you know, it's about looking at somebody else and think and saying um, he or she is different from me. And I just, I, um, I disagree with that person, whatever that means, you know, disagree with the way they dress, disagree with the way they talk or whatever it is. And, and I feel threatened and, and, uh, and I want to make that, and I want to make it known, you know, and, and it's ultimately, it's about, I feel like it's about fear. Of course, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not a psychologist or anything like that. And this, this is just, this is how I feel about bullying. Uh, it's just, I feel is that's the way I interpret bullying at least. Um, and, and if we were to stamp it out, right, I don't think that we can ever stamp out the need not not to feel powerful but the the need to feel like you are in control of your own destiny that the world that that the world is the way that you perceive it to be and that you are not um and that is not um you're not being fed a lie almost that that you that you see it for what it is and, and you understand it and you are able to control it mm-hmm. and and I, I feel like it's as human beings we will always want to be do that because we're because we we want to survive right we want to survive and we want to we want to feel like um we're growing you know whether that means amassing wealth or um or friends um you know we want to feel like we're growing we want to feel that we belong and anything that threatens that is threatens our existence or at least we perceive to be our existence our, our our existence and so if we stand out the manifestation of of that fear, the fear of losing control and the fear of of, um, of, uh, being uncomfortable and being stretched I wonder if it's just we just do different things, you know, if we don't bully, what do we do? Maybe we are passive aggressive about it or maybe we um, maybe we uh, take it underground perhaps and, um, you know, not instead of beating a kid up, I am actively undermining him or, um, or backstabbing him somehow at work, you know, it's like, it's probably, it's probably just takes in different forms. Maybe we know bullying, maybe we something else. Yeah. You know? So because I feel like, I feel like, you know, all these, all these things that we talk about, um, you know, that at the technology, technology has just brought it to a forefront and, and, um, Twitter, you know, instead of, instead of, uh, um, only worrying about your uh, bullies attacking you on the way to to and from school, you are actually worried about bullies from across the world, you know, who harass you on on Twitter. So technology has brought you to the forefront and has magnified it, as you said. Um, but it's but the but the behavior itself is just still there, and and um, and the metaverse, you know, is probably going to amplify that in a different way. Because now you see, quote unquote, the other person, right? Whether it's the avatar or not, you're still seeing the other person. So I think that before we can say um, what it means for us, I think we'll, we will, I think, I think metaverse will eliminate more about ourselves. Mm. Um, just as, you know, Twitter and Facebook has showed us that just because you can talk to other people, from the other side of the world, you can now collaborate over beautiful things and create beautiful things. That also means that somebody across the world who does not agree with you will bully you. So you're opening up yourself to the world for good or for ill, right? And so the metaverse will probably do the same. If you if you have if you have this world, um, what are you opening up yourself to? And it will probably be good for good or for ill. And I agree with you completely. Um, companies, individuals, people who are doing this. Um, have to keep in mind that at some point, all of these questions will will come up, and we will have to have tools in place. We'll have to have things in place to pro- to protect to protect people. And that and you know it's very exciting, but those are the things those are the things that will come. These things that we don't know um, how will affect all of us. Um, just as we don't know, we didn't know how the internet will affect us. We didn't know how the phones will affect us. Yeah. But would we take our away the internet? Will we take away your phones? No, we don't um, because they're still good tools. They're still great for, for, for many, many, many things, perhaps more than, more than the things that it's bad for. So we won't take away our phones. We won't take away the internet just as we won't take away VR, but it comes with a bad. So how do we deal with that? And I think that's a better question than saying, um, would, Should we take away VR because we don't know what the heck it's going to do to us, you know?
0: Yeah, there's a price of admission with every technology, I think. Exactly, Um. exactly. The thing is, we don't know the price. We don't, <laughs> we don't know the price. We don't know how we don't we, we don't know how much it'll cost. Uh, we don't know if it'll cost us our sanity or it'll cost us our uh, yeah. our ability to focus with our eyes. We don't know if it'll cost. I mean, but the thing is, it might be worth it. It might be so might fucking be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and we think
1: it's worth it. You know, we think that you know because because it's already been um, because there's already uh, uh, projects and there's already experiments that tell us. That it's very useful, right? Um, that it's an empathy machine. That it puts you into other people's shoes. That you understand it even more. You know, Clouds of um, You know, of assidura, um, you know p- are uh, f- uh, companies and projects that use VR for for medical reasons, for for therapy, and and they have found that it really helps uh, people manage pain, for example. And so, there's already good that came out of it. The bad. You know, it will come, I'm sure, just as it came for in the internet, it came for, for computers. But, um, but I think we as, um, uh, we as the people who create things on, on this new medium, um, we also have the power to, to say, these are the tools that we're going to use to protect ourselves and to protect the people we bring in um, from the bad that will come that will exist.
0: Yeah, I know it's going to be an evolving conversation. Exactly. And I mean, it, it, we, like, you and I talk about it right now in this sort of nebulous sort of way, but one day it'll affect our children. You know, exactly. Like security and bullying and in the metaverse, that stuff will become more and more real as time goes on. And it's just, and there's so many ways to go about it because it's such a complex problem. It, it, you just, you know, at the deep, deep, like, you know, if you go in a particular direction, which is, you know, towards the mind and try to understand the mind, why is it that we feel compelled to go and make other people feel like shit? I mean, what is it? And and I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I think uh, that the moment we have and this is a kooky idea. So follow me down the rabbit hole for if, if you if you will. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, what, I wonder if we'll ever be able to utilize, you know, artificial intelligence sort of life forms, stuff that we might see in the next 15 years, mm. 10 years, and pair them with people that have sociopathic tendencies, perhaps in jail. And so instead of, instead of sending you to like an isolationist jail, we send you to a virtual reality jail where everybody in there is a virtual reality avatar life form, and you have to like, Prove yourself in there. <laughs> Prove yourself that hmm. you're not going to kill any virtual reality avatars. Yeah. And hang yeah. along, maybe I don't know, because um, because there's so many ways that we could try to use VR and you know all the other technologies adjacent to it to rehabilitate and make humans better. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, what do you think about using virtual reality in prisons?
1: <laughs> <sighs> I think it's a I think it's a question of whether we should use virtual reality for. I guess um the general idea of rehabilitation mm-hmm. um and therapy. And I think and I wanna say that I'm I wanna say that the possibilities are endless and and I'm really I'm really mm-hmm. excited about the idea. But I think I should temper that by saying I'm really excited at the possibilities. I think that, you know, as we just talked about, um there are many, many things that we don't know about yet, that we don't know um we, we don't i mean you could argue that we still don't know what the what the actual effect technology has on us obviously and i don't will we'll ever know actually because technology is always progressing so it's kind of hard to pin it down mm-hmm. and go this is what it is this is how it affects us but um but i think that humans are even more complex right than the ones that than the things that we are able to create and i think the best thing that the best things that we're able to do is probably to just to, to just experiment, you know, to work with um, people who are in this, who, who, are, who are working every day in the trenches um, for, in rehabilitation and therapy and in, in medical fields and so on and, and ask them, you know, how can we help you? If there's a way, if there's a way for us to transport people, your patients, into another world, right? If there's a, if there's a way for us to do that, um, what would you like to see? What would? You, what? What? How do you think it will? It will affect. Do you think it will help? You know, if do you think that there, there can be things that we can try um, that that will give you the results that you need that will inform the next steps in our experiment. In our experiments, I think I think the next steps for those questions is to just to start small, but start. You know, start somewhere um, and say let's choose something. Um, that we're reasonably that we re- that is absolutely safe obviously, and that re- that we are reasonably sure may or may make a difference and and try it out and see how it works. And then if it if those if that little experiment works, I mean do the next one, we do the next one. so it kind of builds up on it. Um, and I think I think VR because it is an empathy machine, as we said, it, it amplifies. Um, emotion it amplifies your reaction we almost have no choice but to start small and and incrementally add stimulation to it because otherwise um we don't know because we've never had it we've never had something like VR, so so anything else may we may not know what we're getting into so i think you know i'm i feel like i'm ducking the question a bit but but that's how i genuinely feel is that you know i i'm really I'm looking at so the great work that people are doing with with therapy and with um empathy and and uh, films and so on and looking at those and I'm, I'm thinking you know there's great potential here um and i really want to be very optimistic about it and and i want to justify my optimism with with incremental experiments that um, that prove they are they are useful to us that they that they have a positive effect on us right. and uh, ultimately it may comp- take a completely different form than say putting somebody uh, into a world um, so that we can evaluate their their mental their mental state but um, but it may be something completely different but hey much more effective and if that's the case then I would definitely I I would be all for that other thing we can only answer that question. Once we have made those experiments and we approve to ourselves that that uh, it is indeed the case
0: yeah no it's, um, we, that's a conversation that we can have for hours, but I want to yeah. move things forward and okay. ask you about you know what do you think is the biggest weakness of the industry right now mm. you know, in the place and time that we're in, considering mm. that consumer launches are right you know uh, at our doorstep almost yeah you know yeah. What, you, what is our what is the big, biggest weaknesses that we have going forward
1: I think um, biggest thing is we need content. Um, we definitely need content, and the more of be- the better. Um, and the, the higher quality, the better. Um, we are still very, very much in
0: learning stages for
1: everybody. So, um, so we have to. So we have to iterate, and and sometimes some experiments may fail, and sometimes they will turn out perfectly. But we need to go there, and we need to iterate, and we need to experiment, and we need to fine, what works and what doesn't work in VR. Um, that's a very, uh, that's common, you know, uh, most people will tell you that, you know, VR, uh, VR definitely needs more and more content. So um, there's, so for me, uh, aside from the content, um, I think the, it's a bit of, I think the biggest weakness is with VR is also a catch-22 one. Um, we, we are lacking a way to explain VR. I don't know what the answer is, but we're lacking a way to explain to VR to somebody who's never tried it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right now,
1: you know, it's... Sure, we can say that, yes, you have to try it, but, but you know, I feel like we need a better way to explain it. We need to have vocabularies, and we have to have... Um, not frameworks, that's not the right word, but we need to have... Um, a description of VR, perhaps. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that will communicate um, the awesomeness of VR. I think. I think we, in a way, we have a communication problem, <laughs> if you will. Um, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, hard to say. Um, hey, you want to? I, I do VR. Okay, what does that mean? You know. And if you get the idea of VR across, and you still have to get your idea across. And it's definitely, and it's definitely, uh, um, doesn't help um, in terms of spreading the word um, right now. I don't know what the answer is. I've tried different things when I go and demo, but at this point, the best way to do it is just to show somebody
0: else. Yeah, it's uh definitely a really <coughs> difficult, difficult question. And yeah. if you need to take a little bit of time to get some water or we we can I don't want to force your voice. Uh, I know you had a long day at work today. Yeah. Uh, um we can do you have any final thoughts? We can start bringing things up anything <laughs> that you're sort of thinking about that we didn't bring up during the conversation?
1: No, I think that I think that's about it. Um it's um VR is such It's such an early stage, you know, Um, it feels like I think on my good days, I feel like the possibilities are endless and the world is um, the world is at my fingertips. It's just it's there's so much I want to do and there's so much that I can see other people doing. I'm so excited about it. And on my bad days, I feel like, oh, my goodness, you know, there's all these problems that um, Michael A. Brush talked about. There's all these problems that um, that we still have to resolve. Um, it's a bit of a pain point sometimes, um, and and uh, I think right now uh, is to soldier on, if that makes sense. I think I think for us, just um, we we have to we, we need content, and we we probably have a bit of a communication problem. Not sure how to solve it, or even if it is really a problem. That's just how I feel. Is what well, I encounter day to day. Um, but all of these in time will be solved um, and it will be solved by all of us and I think that the biggest thing to remember right now uh, as somebody who works in VR as somebody who hopes to be in VR both figuratively and literally <laughs> be in VR for decades to come the biggest thing to remember right now is to soldier on you know the headsets will be out the consumers will get their hands on it and um you know, <clears throat> some of them will probably be disappointed because, um, you know, it's not the metaverse. But um, but I think one day we'll get there. And, and I think, um, really, the just hanging in there is probably the biggest the and and work hanging in there work. You know, yes. so, like I said, is probably the best is probably the best thing to do right now for um, for VR.
0: Well said. I um, I couldn't. I um. That's probably. Uh, as good as I could probably say. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, dude, Dora, you've been a scholar lady <laughs> and true wizard of virtual reality. How can you keep people stay in touch and follow what you're doing and support all the things you're up to? Thank you,
1: Chris. Um, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you also um, for your support for the community and for your presence. And um, you've definitely made being in VR that much better for me.
0: I'm just having fun. I'm just, I'm just a dude having fun. You know, no. wearing ninja pants at Oculus Connect. I'm just some dude. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I this is an honor. So, thank. You. But yeah. Um, but yeah. How? What do you? How do I find you? How can people, um, not stalk you? Don't stalk Dora. Follow her. <laughs> follow her and support her. Um.
1: um, that's a good question. I'm most active on Twitter, so cool. uh, my Twitter handle is at Dora Chang. D O R A C H E N G. So just find me there. Cool.
0: Awesome. All the relevant links will be in the show notes. Once again, thank you again for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Chris.